0: Everybody, this is Joel Junker, and welcome to another edition of the Cameron Brooks Podcast. The Cameron Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond, our mission is to talk to successful uh, Cameron Brooks alumni, those that are former military officers that have made the transition into the business and achieving success, to ask them about what they do in their careers, what's allowed them to be successful, and tips and advice that they would pass on to other officers that are making the transition, and those uh, former officers that are working in business. I really enjoyed interviewing Dom. He's incredibly funny. Um, He, for anybody that is considering moving to Minnesota, he gives all the wonderful advice and tips on starting a career in Minnesota. And additionally, he talks about how he navigated his career from uh, starting at General Mills as a Marketing manager working on a variety of different products to include cereal and holiday cookies. Then moved to a different company where he was a director of marketing for tequila. Uh, very interesting to move from holiday cookies to tequila. He's got some funny stories around that as well. And today uh, Dom is an account excuse me is a uh, in a consulting role is a group account director in a consulting role with a company called Nyong and Rubicam, or also known as YNR. Uh, I really appreciate Don taking the time to uh, share his stories, He's full of uh, funny stories at that, and I'm really hopeful to have him on, on board for another podcast in the near future. As always, to learn more about how to make a successful transition, I highly recommend going to the Cameron Brooks website, uh browsing our learning library, reading our blogs, uh, as well as... Uh, reading a copy of P.C.S. to Corporate America, which you can get on Amazon.com. So enjoy the podcast with Dom. Dom's Joel, welcome to the the Cameron Brooks Podcast. Uh, you know what I, I thought what we would start off with is just give the elevator pitch, if you will, the background of of your education to the Air Force to I mean, you've been out working for quite a while, but uh, to what you've done in the in your post military career now in business
1: yeah sure uh thank you joel i i appreciate you having me on um, it's a great podcast it's uh it's an honor to to be here with you um and anything for cameron brooks honestly <laughs> um yeah so uh you know the quick quick background um you know so electrical engineer uh by degree from uh from cornell um graduated in two thousand five years um as an acquisitions officer in the air force Uh, most recently at uh, L.A. Air Force Base working on the Global Positioning System. Um, And then I transitioned uh, through Cameron Brooks um, to General Mills in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And actually, the first time I'd been to Minneapolis was my interview with Guidant as a result of my career conference. (laughs) Uh, So a little bit of a new territory there. Um, And it, it does surprise a lot of people, I think, when they hear about my degree, my military background—you know—that I came into brand management, that I went into marketing, um, and I'm still in that career field uh, today. I did eight years at General Mills, um, you know, rising up through the brand manager ranks, working on—you know—so many. Wonderful brands and products and gaming experiences from old brands like Bisquick to newer brands that I helped to launch, uh, like Progresso Light, um, and you know even starting new businesses from whole cloth uh, in in new ventures. Um, so it was just an incredible experience I worked with a ton of amazing people. Um, my wife got an opportunity with her company. Um, to move and it was honestly it was one of those things that uh, it was the whole reason why we chose one of the big reasons why we chose to get out of the military was so that you know our family you know either one of us could could lead the other where we wanted to go we could both have successful and rewarding careers and so you know all the training that I'd gotten from the Air Force and from General Mills you know served me super well um, you know in transitioning from uh, from CPG in the Midwest uh, into, um, you know, where I started working in New York. I did a, a quick stint in consulting um, as a transitionary uh, role, and then uh, spent three years with Pernod Ricard, uh, which is a spirits company. Um, and I ran the tequila division uh, there. So actually my title was Director, comma, Tequila on my cards. It was pretty cool
0: you never sent me, um, sa- you never sent me sample uh, they didn't uh, arrive like you did this like the cereal you sent me when you were a general Mills. that's
1: that's so weird it must be a texas law thing it must be because right. right. yeah somebody's <laughs> got them somewhere Somebody's got them somewhere. Um, so, uh, just you know, incredible lessons in entrepreneurship. Um, you know, learning a brand new you know business uh, with even kind of a little bit of a different you know structure. Uh, but you know, wh- one of the cool things about you know coming from the military is every time you PCS, you know, it's it's something new, and you got to learn, and you got to go, and. You know, what now, Lieutenant, you know, and, and you're in command, and you got to do it. So, um, you know, those kinds of lessons really, especially as as I've made different transitions in my career as of late, they really come in handy because um, it's something that's just second nature. Uh, after three years at Pernod, um, running the tequila business, uh, an old friend of mine um, who's in advertising, um, who uh, we'd worked together when I was at General Mills. She is now the chief creative officer at Young and Rubicam in New York. And uh, she said, hey, yeah, have you ever thought about coming over to uh, to the ad side? Um, and it, just an opportunity to join a leadership team uh, here and, and be a part of a culture and, and do something, you know, pretty pretty amazing and start a new adventure in my life so I've I've been at Y&R, um as, a, as as a business leader for almost a year now and you know gotten to work on such a, a great uh, spectrum of, of different clients uh, both drawing on my experience and industries that I'd never touched in my life and uh, you know I think that it it's been such a great Great foundation to not only come from the military and what I learned there uh, but also quite frankly, and I I don't mean to uh, you know blow smoke here, but um, Truly like the time that I spent with Cameron Brooks transitioning from the military to business you know, it it taught me a ton, you know, uh, that that I probably wouldn't have gotten on my own, or at least not that early and that quickly in in my career. That's helped me out today.
0: Yeah, you've brought up several things that I want to to dive into, and I know the first ones are going to seem out of the left field. Let's talk about Minneapolis for a second. Sure. One of the things that is one of the things is really funny uh, for me is when I talk to military officers about. Location preferences, and they'll say, you know, I'll go, you know, I'll go basically anywhere. This is a common, phrase. I'll go anywhere except for, you right. know, I really prefer not to go to places like, you know, Minnesota. And I look at them I'm like, right. well, hey, guess, guess where I'm from? Like, oh, right. oh you're from Minnesota? I say yes, I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> um, so yeah. What, what were your favorite things about Minnesota?
1: Oh my gosh, I, I how long do we have? I don't, I mean, I don't. I don't even know where to begin. This whole podcast, Joel, could be about the, the wonders of the jewel of the North, the, the Twin Cities. Um, it, it really, the Minnesota, I, I remember at General Mills, I, lo- I loved recruiting. And I tried to get on as many recruiting teams as I possibly could, right? One of those lessons from, from you guys, right, you know, like to to showcase and, and be involved and, you know, help to build the culture for the long term. And and it, I just, I, I loved it. And I remember every time they would have somebody who was scared of Minnesota, they would send me in, um, you know, because I'm, the I'm from the East Coast i'm the am the closer on 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 minnesota i you know east coast lived in l a you know and you'd expect me to absolutely load the place and you know i also have a little bit of a um, uh, when everybody zigs, I'll zag kind of, kind of thing going on. And so I would just go in and and with the recruits and be very straight with them and say, listen, I'll tell you, there are two weeks in February that are neither fit for man nor beast. That is absolutely true. And if anyone tries to tell you differently, they're lying to you. But here's the thing, like, Outside of that fortnight, the splendors of the world are at your fingertips. Like to be outside? Get in the car and drive 10 minutes, and you're completely in the middle of nowhere. Like to golf? More golf courses per capita than any other metropolitan area in the country. Do you love theater? More theater seats per capita than anywhere else in the U.S. outside of the island of Manhattan. It just james beard award winning restaurants you you could go a whole year eating at fantastic restaurants just in minneapolis that's not even getting over to st paul and and not repeat a great restaurant it's just so much to be involved in to explore um it, it's And no humidity in the summer, right? I lived in Georgia for three years at, uh, at Robbins air force base. This is a place, Joel, where you had to have an extra uniform in the office because walking from your car to the building, you soaked through and you were out of uniform. (laughs) Um, and you know, Minnesota, like you can go on the lakes in the middle of the city and take a a lunch and a six pack in a canoe and spend an afternoon that you you would pay to go on you know if you lived in a place like New York <laughs> right it's just i mean i i can't say i can't say enough i still have so many i'd call them friends but they're not they're family so many people that i spent you know, not just hard working hours with, but hard playing hours with, too, playing broomball and, and <laughs> falling on my butt, um, <laughs> learning the sport, you know, when, when I moved there. Th- these are family members now, and I, I take vacation days from New York to go back to Minnesota just to hit some of the old haunts and, and be with them. I really I can't say enough about it.
0: Yeah, everybody's going to think that we're trying to sell Minnesota on the podcast. Uh, I know I should tone it down. I no, no, I no, should, no, 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 <laughs> it's really good because, well, I think there's a lesson here, right? Well, there's a lesson, you're not from your The first time you ever go to Minnesota right. is when you're doing an interview with another company. You obviously had two interviews up there yeah. and and you probably had your perceptions. I think the last, to me, there's a lesson there. There's a, a lot of places have a lot to offer when you, pull back or peel off the misperceptions of things.
1: It's true. I I mean, a- absolutely. And I, you know, I, I think I went off on a little bit of a rant there and I apologize. The, the, the elevator pitch version of, of what you just said is, you know, the, what you're taught in the military, at least what I was taught by my tech sergeant, um, you know, when I was in ROTC was listen, you got to, you got to, Bloom where you're planted, and you know and as a as a military person like that that's just part of what you do. it's part of your job. you go there and you you know make better the people around you, the systems around you the the job and the unit that you're in, you know because you embrace it and and you make it something worth leaving behind and and I think that in, in my experience, you know, I knew some, some candidates when I was going to the camera Brooks program that, that had their absolute, I, I got to be in LA or I got to be in New York and that's all I want. And I, I thought to myself, how, how did you succeed in the military? I mean, you know, we, we are trained to find, you know, all of the amazing pieces and parts of everything that we do and everywhere that we go. And I think giving, you know, Giving that same um, sort of treatment to you know those places like Minneapolis, St. Louis, um, New Orleans. Uh, Texas you know all, all all the towns in Texas um Colorado you know th- there are Virginia North Carolina there there are so many hotbeds right now of industry you know and and more people are moving there because you know the, it's better for business and so the opportunity is really really moving there and uh, you know, for me, for Ann and and me, we uh, we love New York. Our family's on the East Coast, but if our careers took us back to Minnesota, we'd be jumping for joy. Uh, just absolutely, you know, we we opened our minds and our hearts to it, and uh, you know, not knowing anything about it. Um, I, I actually even, <laughs> on my way back to L.A. after my first interview, I met a nice couple who was. Uh, traveling to Sydney, Australia, for their 30th anniversary, and <laughs> they they gave me a salted nut roll, which you will know what that means. Maybe your listeners will. I do. <laughs>
0: um, you know, it's too to, weird. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's a candy bar. Um, right. You know uh, that is uh, native to uh, to Minnesota and. They they wish me luck, you know, they're like we we just had a great plane ride back to L.A. And and I stayed in touch with them for years. You know, that's the kind of place that that the the other places in the country and probably around the globe, you know, that you don't think of immediately. That's what they're like. And you know, it's a it's great places to to build careers, to raise families, um, you know, and, and to be a part of.
0: And um, and why don't you go just in a couple minutes? What does uh, for the listeners on a basic level? What does a marketer do?
1: Uh, what does Brand a marketer do? Marketer, yeah. yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> so one of my uh team members at general mills uh, ops manager uh you know he he used to say this all the time it's not new we would say it in the military but um, he would always look at me and he'd say, "Well dom, you can have it good, you can have it fast or you can have it cheap. You get to pick which two and uh and so a, a marketer a brand manager is is the general manager of of a business um typically uh, a brand manager owns a pnl a pnl like pillsbury cookies and um, and that person is responsible for marshaling all of the all the resources all the talents of a cross functional team um, at a headquarters around the country around the globe to achieve the business's goals um, and they run the gamut um, from supply chain and operations to, um, advertising and, um, and public relations, that person, that marketer is, is truly trying to simply improve their business and hit their, their results, their, their goals for, for the P and L that they own and manage. I think a lot of folks think that marketing, is just the sort of advertising side and the you know make this blue a little bit bluer side um, and that's part of it you wear a lot of hats but it's also the six Sigma side, the lean thinking side um, the uh, you know the re-engineering uh, the process side of things so you know I mean there were, Quite frankly, a ton of books that uh, you know I read during the Cameron Brooks program that came in super handy. At least uh, you know my first couple of years getting the hang of things before I you know had done it and then was an experienced brand manager. So, it's um, if if you want a day like no other, uh, if you want challenges and opportunities that uh, you'd never even dreamed of. Um, if you want to lead teams that you know are looking for you to make the call on day one, then then marketing is for you.
0: You, you when you were marketing at General Mills, what are some of the brands that you managed along the way? I know one of them was uh, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but it was the Nature's Made Cinnamon Toast Crunch version, is that right? It it, it
1: was uh, yeah. So it was. Um, uh, Cascadian Farm. Um, Cascadian
0: Farm, sorry. I'm oh, yep. getting myself in trouble. you wrong company. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so uh, clearly I needed to do a little bit better job of being distinctive in the marketplace. Um, <laughs>
0: right. You should have sent me more cereal boxes. I should have
1: sent you more to bribe you. Um, so I, I started out uh, on Pillsbury Cookies. Um, And I ran the business of Holiday Cookies. Um, So there were three major businesses in that that big cookie brand. Um, And I I ran one of them. Holiday Um, Cookies. Holiday Cookies. What do you do Uh,
0: like in August when there's no holiday? uh,
1: You invent one. <laughs> um that, that, I mean no no kidding um i uh so w- one of the things I'm proud of during that tenure was that, yeah, August doesn't have a holiday, and you know as we look to innovate, grow the business um you know through new products as well as you know organic growth with the products that we have, um you know it's kind of like, okay, what do we do here um and so uh we invented uh, a cookie um, to line up with the back-to-school time frame. Um, huge in in grocery, in CPG, right? People getting back into the routine, mom's going back into the store, um, you know, there's a big draw with back-to-school supplies as well as, okay, we're gonna need the peanut butter, we're gonna need the the bread, we're gonna need, you know, all the, all the things for regular lunches, etc. And so, um, Holiday Cookies decided that you know we um we wanted to be part of that uh that experience and we we had a right to be there um and so Worked with uh, you know all the designers, the operations folks, to um, to get a design for you know this cookie. It, it couldn't be a Christmas tree, obviously, um, you know. And so we uh, uh, came up with uh, kind of a sports theme, and um, yeah, we we invented a holiday and uh, and had some really great results there.
0: And what is the biggest difference between marketing, say cereal or cookies, to tequila?
1: Uh, that's a great question Um, well first if I may um, I'd flip that question on its head Uh, I I will definitely talk about the differences but what's interesting is that there are so many similarities that's what makes sort of like a, a great grounding in sort of you know what especially what I did in the Air Force and then honing those skills in my first couple of years at General Mills, it's, you know, what do, who are we trying to reach? What do we want them to do? Um, you know, what, what are we trying to say? And how do we do it as efficiently as humanly possible? And, uh, you know, and that, that applies to cars, tequila, Cookies, the state of Minnesota, <laughs> um, you know if, if we were you know, doing the tourism, um, you know, so th- there really are a, just an incredible amount of similarities that when I go into a new business, I go into a new role, I go into a new industry. You know It's, it, it's a, a series and a set of questions that you, know, you can ask every time and learn just about 90 percent of what you need to know. The vocabulary will come um for me anyway uh but uh but there are a ton of similarities um probably the biggest difference was a business difference so um thanks to prohibition um <laughs> uh spirits and uh, alcoholic beverages are sold uh on a this is so boring uh, please do not put this in the podcast this is terribly Boring. Um, yeah, you're gonna have
0: all these state regulations and distributors it, it, and you know, exactly yeah channels so, that you've got to worry about.
1: That's right. So, you know, you've got essentially 50 different countries um, that you're selling to with different laws, and so, you you know, you've got to sell to the, yeah, the distributors first, who then sell to the bars and restaurants who then sell to you. So it's, um, you know, that three-tier system is a little more complex and, you know, involves multiple tiers of profit um, on a on a new scale. So I would say that's probably the biggest difference is sort of learning how to apply a Different sort of financial strategy, um, you know, in order to maximize the profitability, but it comes, and uh, you know, and and then uh, and then it's similar.
0: What holiday did you invent around tequila? Uh <laughs> um, already
1: <laughs> right nobody was doing anything on Wednesday mornings and so he decided uh um, <laughs> well you know what, what was uh you know what was great about tequila is it was a newer uh division for um for Pernod Ricard and so um you know helping to bring some newer uh brands to life for them and and really kind of being Really being scrappy, um, you know. It's uh, there were small budgets because it was a newer, um, you know, category. But uh, but we just came out with with a lot of swagger, um, you know, and and went the went the extra mile in everything that we did. You know, the the motto was to really to over index on on heart share from from the sales force. And you know, when you you know, in spirits, that means you know, staying out for the extra drink, uh, responsibly, of course. Um, you know, it, it means flying out to um, to Kansas uh, to, uh, you know, to visit the market and go around with, you know, the local sales reps and spend a day and hear their stories and, and try to help them with their challenges. And, you know, not not everybody is up for, you know, kind of, you know, sort of go that, that extra mile, asking that extra question, uh, pushing the extra percentage point. Um, not that I'm, you know, some, some great, uh, you know, business person or marketer, but I think, you know, it's, it's not a new concept to just kind of like, you know, go at it just a, a little bit harder and man, it really, it pays dividends in terms of, you know, when in tequila, when we're trying to, "Quote unquote, invent a new holiday. It's it's trying to get into that extra bar. If you go visit that bar and get to know that bartender, chances are good they're going to start pouring your tequila."
0: You know, what I think that I want to point out here is a little bit of you know pumping your ego up a little bit, but in selling camera books at <laughs> the same time. So disclaimer here is that I wanted what I want the audience, the listeners to to hear. They're going to pick it up really quick you're really sharp Dom. you were that way when you made your transition many years ago as well.
1: well I appreciate it. So, that.
0: so to, to, to come back, you know, Cornell, electrical engineer, super successful in the air force, obviously done incredibly well. You were that way when you came out. Why? This is the selling point for Cameron Brooks for people that are listening. Sure. This. Why, why partner with Cameron Brooks back then? I think the reasons are still the same. I mean, you could do anything. You got a great resume. You, you, what was the value proposition? Do you do you think, hey, Cameron Brooks can add value to all the great things that I've already done?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question, and I um I've had the pleasure to talk to a, a number of folks in my time since I. Went through the program about that specifically. Um, you know, friends who are getting out of the military, who are considering Cameron Brooks, um, people who ask me about my experience, Cameron Brooks is always a part of that experience because it's, if I skip talking about. Cameron Brooks, why I chose you guys and the value that I got from you, if I skipped that, it'd be like me skipping general mills. You know, like, ah, then I spent some time with this company and it was fine. Um, honestly, like one of the, one of the reasons why I chose to work with Cameron Brooks, quite frankly, is that you are so selective. And I actually, I don't know if uh, a ever told you this, but I almost didn't make it. Um, (laughs) Uh, did, did he tell you the story about one not of true. our interviews?
0: Not true. Not, I, I read through all the notes before we got on. I, went, I actually did. I went all digitally. I went and looked at all your interview notes, and no. Uh, no, they don't say anything like that. So he must have been threatening you for some reason. I, well,
1: but, but that's, I mean, that, that right there, right? You know, like we're joking about it. But he, and I know all of you, all of the staff, uh, is the same way. There's there's a tailoring, there's an insight that is immediately understood about every single candidate. And 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 Steve Sosslin read me immediately and he knew exactly what I needed. He tailored, right? It's like a how full is your bucket kind of uh, you know, first break all the rules kind of thing, right? You know, like do not treat everyone on your team or that you have the privilege to work with the same way because they, they're they different people. And and he pushed me to my limits. He challenged me in a way that made me go, no, damn it. I, this is what I want and this is why I want it. He forced me into succinctness, into in crispness. He, you know... I, I, you know, I haven't had that much motivation to read a book since you know I, I was in elementary school, um, it, it, just because I I knew it was going to bring me value, right? Financial management for non-financial managers. Holy moly, does that sound boring? But. It was incredible. <laughs> it helped me through, you know, the the first couple of years of my life at General Mills. You know, these terms that I had no idea what what they were, and yet I had a recollection because he put me through that book. You know, it well, you was know Cameron- funny.
0: I did pull up the notes and I read them real quick before we got on. I don't yeah. So good. But I just want to point out back to you because you said push you. It's so funny. So I can just play this conversation. I'll tell you what the notes say. I can just play this conversation over. I'm sure he says to you, where are you thinking a decision to get out? And you say, well, I'm leaning towards getting out. And he says, well, put a percentage on it. You're like, ah, oh, I'm 85%. <laughs> and he says, well, what could keep you in? He said, well, the guaranteed stability of the job. And he says, this doesn't make any sense. Why don't you just stay in then? And then it says, I pushed him. I pushed him away. And it says, he fought back. Now, funny, That's funny, because you talked about he pushed you. Obviously, the listeners, is not literal, but you use that. And... Uh, he said you fought back it's a last of maturity strong very strong uh, individual so he did have a lot of good things but you're right your memory's really good and the notes do capture that <laughs> <But>. <laughs>
1: no and it's um, you know there's so many there's so many things i i wish i could i wish i could go downstairs to our studio here at at Y&R and and get like our creatives to put together like a sizzle reel of my time with Cameron Brooks because there, there are so many lessons and little bits and bobs that I use almost every day. There was a there was an interview practice session with uh, with Roger with Roger Cameron and a, uh, I think it was in San Diego and a number of us um, of us candidates were there and it was you know we were in a suite and there were maybe six or seven of us and he was just okay uh, Jerry. Tell me about a time when, and Jerry would answer, and Roger would give him feedback. Okay, Dom, tell me about a time when. And um, uh, please cut me off if I I ramble too much, but I tell this story all the time, Joel. Um, (laughs) Roger asked, um, Jeffrey, do you micromanage? And Jeffrey gave the answer that I think we were all thinking, which was, Roger, that's not my leadership style. Of course I don't micromanage micromanagement is for and at about this point Roger interrupted him and he said are you trying to tell me that if someone calls from the plant and says that you've got an order that's underwater because there was a false alarm and the sprinklers went off and you're not going to be able to make your shipment unless somebody gets down there and figures out what's going to happen and how you're going to get it out the door and how you going to pull in new shipments from the next plant over in order to not miss your deadlines for your customers. Are you trying to tell me you're not going to micromanage that situation? <laughs> and, and, he, and Jeffrey looked at me and said, no, Roger, I think that I might say, I, I bet you would. I bet you would. And I use that all the time. I use that with our teams here to say, when, when you gotta roll up your sleeves, when you gotta get in there yourself, I know it feels weird, I know it feels awkward, but do it, cause it's the right thing. It, in this situation, that's what you gotta do to get the result. And, you know, and I tell that story all the time. And it, it maybe maybe I would have come to it myself, but I'm not that smart. <laughs> I just remember what other smart people have said to me along the course of my career, and you know, and Cameron Brooks would do that every single. Time I was around you, every book that you, that I read and, and was inspired to read by you guys. How to Win Friends and Influence People is still number one, hands down, my favorite book. It's a it's the business book to read. I try to read it every other year. Um, it, it's it's so valuable, um, and and that's you know that that's not only why I chose. Cameron Brooks, or you know, glad that Cameron Brooks chose me, um, but honestly, the value that I've gotten out of every time I interview for a, a new job or a new position, when I mentor someone by helping them to interview for a new job or position, when I, tr- when I. When I work with clients today and I let them know like why something that we're doing at YNR is gonna be valuable to them, I'm just translating what we're doing into what they, what they perceive as valuable. It's the same thing, I'm just giving that to them in their language. I learned that <laughs> preparing the interview with Cameron Brooks. So it, it's, it's every single day.
0: Let's go back to something you said. You are smart, by the way. You don't just quote <laughs> smart people. What is, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received that you'd like to pass on to the listeners?
1: I read this in a in an article in Fortune magazine, which I started reading because Cameron Brooks asked us to. <laughs> and I wish I could remember to whom it should be attributed. Um, Someday I will sit down and figure it out. Um, But CEO of a company, and uh, the picture of the CEO, I can remember he has a 10 gallon hat on. So um, fair, fair point to say that this is a gentleman from the South or Southwest. And he said this, every business problem you ever encounter in your entire life is just like A cow stuck in a ditch and when you've got a cow stuck in a ditch you do three things three things only and in this order number one get the cow out of the ditch number two figure out how the cow got in the ditch in the first place and then number three make sure that gall darn cow can never get in that gall darn ditch ever again and it is, it is the key to absolutely everything. I, I like, I, I use that I tell that story to every single team member in my first meeting with them. When I sit down with them and have a coffee, tell them about myself, learn about them, tell them my core values, what I, you know, what they can expect from me, what I expect from them, I tell them the story about the cow in the ditch. And we share that language. And, and the reason that it's so important to me is that, you know, again, something that I learned from Cameron Brooks, in business, I'm just a risk mitigator. You know, to to get to a result, you mitigate the risk on the way to getting it, to achieving it. And, you know, surprise is the enemy of profit. <laughs> and so this story, it applies to mitigating that risk, every day, every week, every quarter, every cycle. Because a lot of the time I've found in my career, when there's a cow stuck in the ditch, <laughs> a business problem, everybody starts going, well, how did that happen? Well, it wasn't my fault. Well, I sent you an email. And and that is figuring out how the cow got in the ditch. Now, that's a good step, but it's step two. If that's all you do, if that's where you start, the cow's going to, you know, die of dehydration down there in the ditch. So you got to start by getting it out first. Then move on to how did it get in there. And then most importantly, which I think a lot of folks, I am guilty of this myself sometimes, don't actually go back and fix the problem. And I think like making sure to follow through on those pieces in that order, I actually use that ditch language with our teams here. Like, let's get this cow out first. (laughs) And they play it back to me. Like, here's how the cow got in the ditch. (laughs) And they talk to me about what they discovered and how they're going to make sure it can't get in the ditch again.
0: Um, What's like, we've got to start wrapping up here in just a minute. What's the biggest cow that you had to, in your career that you had to to solve? (laughs)
1: Um, That is an outstanding question. Um, The biggest cow, I think... This is going to be a humble brag, Um,
0: so I hope that's okay. Not not inventing new holidays for going back to school and eating. (laughs) No, 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 no. We uh,
1: when when we were launching Progresso Light at General Mills, we we wound up delivering um, well over. 2x what we were scheduled to deliver, and we did it without missing any of our deadlines um, or causing any problems within the supply chain. Um, And we're talking millions of cases of soup. Um, What happened was that we uh, had... Uh, you know, all the great forecasting, <laughs> you know, goes out the window when, when you have something that resonates and something that's a hit. And it, it was the first collaboration between General Mills and, and Weight Watchers, um, and it was a zero points value soup uh, based on a really, really great tension-filled insight. And, you know, we, wow, we were patting ourselves on the back, we were so ready for, uh, you know, how many Millions of cases we were going to sell. It was so awesome, and we were well prepared. And um, fortunately, um, you know, mitigating risk, uh, I had convened a small sub team <laughs> of our uh, operations and supply chain group to kind of say, "Listen, guys, what what should we do? What if we exceed our goals here? You know, what what if we what if we sell 20 percent more than than we're thinking about? You know, th- I know that's ridiculous." But what happens if we if we do? What would we do? We called it Operation Mother Hen, <laughs> protecting the nest. Um, and so we laid out a, a sketch of a plan. You know, okay, well I guess this is what we do. We ramp up this plant. We'd look at these efficiencies. We'd uh, you know hold back on you know this launch because we'd we'd use the line time. Okay, all right, and we'd set it up. Um and we we did our job and, and everybody felt really great. Well the numbers started coming in and we're well over two times what we were supposed to do. This is beyond twenty percent increase. And uh you know, and it was um, it, it was a, a a little bit of a nightmare. You know, I think it, There's another thing in business, right? A lot of the folks who are coming out into business might be thinking, wow, wow, oh, tell me about another problem you had. You were selling too much product. But it's, you know, misforecasting on the underside is almost just as bad, um, if not worse, um, you know, than than over-forecasting. And so, um, you know, this was an all hands on deck, one of those uh, Roger Cameron get in there, micromanage it, um, kind of events, where uh, you know we, you know we we had, honest to God, we had uh, we called it wrong. And, um, you know, so the, f- the first thing to do was, yeah, how do we put that plan we'd sketched out on some napkins in, in, into place? How do we fix that? How do we get that cow out of the ditch to make sure that we, we don't have customers who want product that, that can't have it? Um, then we went, you know, back and kind of looked at the forecasting and, you know, realized that we, we had kind of limited what we were looking at to the category of soup rather than the category of things that people were eating in order to lose weight or maintain weight. And so that was kind of you know how the cow had gotten in there. Um, and then, you know, made sure that we, you know, fixed that process so that we at least had both versions so that you could accurately get a sense of what you'd be looking at as a high side so you could prepare for it. Um, So, you know, it it turned out to be a really great, um, you know, result and, uh, you know, a, (laughs) you know, a positive, you know, impact and, you know, nothing, nothing went wrong and, you know, customers and consumers, you know, kind of never saw any, any glitch in their service, but it was, it was hell on earth for a small amount of time while we uh, got that cow out of the pitch.
0: I mean, I think that the, the, the thing you've run out live here is what really marketing involves. And like you said, it's not just about shades of blue and advertising and TV or inventing holidays.
1: Yeah. You're doing Six
0: Sigma, lean production, manufacturing, forecasting, sales, profit and loss, for, uh, financial modeling. You're doing it all.
1: Absolutely. You're really running about
0: your own business within there. Uh, Dom, you've been phenomenal. I'm going to have you back on because I know you've got a million other stories to tell. <laughs> and um, I have really enjoyed. I wish I could have just taken an hour to catch up with you without recording everything, and because uh, it's been too long. And, and thank well, you. Oh, me for too, being indeed. A great ambassador out there.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I uh, it's a- absolute pleasure. I know we got to wrap up here, but uh, yeah, let's let's catch up. Uh, you know, off off the record, and um, it'd be an honor and a pleasure to come back anytime and and talk about absolutely anything at all always uh, always a place for Cameron brooks in my heart because I'm uh, Quite frankly using everything you taught me every day
0: It sounds like it Dom. Thank you so much for your hour of time today and wish you the best of success We'll be we'll be back in touch soon because I want to have you on again. Take care. Okay.
1: Sounds great You take care too. Thanks y'all.
0: Bye-bye